Hi, this is Jay Bear of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Content Experience Show podcast. My name is Anna Harak with Convince and Convert, and I am here with the always amazing Randy Frisch from Uberflip. Today, we have a fantastic guest for you. We got to talk to Todd Earwood, who is CEO from MoneyPath. Now, MoneyPath is a company that helps companies marry together marketing campaigns, and sales efforts while connecting their systems through custom integrations. And Todd is genuinely delightful to talk to. He's from Louisville, Kentucky, which everybody out there, just in case you're wondering, it is Louisville, like Novell's. Not Louisville. Not Not Louisville. Not not Louisville. It's (laughs) Louisville. But Todd was wonderful. And he gives so much amazing advice in this podcast. Randy, what, I mean, what were your takeaways? So first of all, I'm going to be awesome with all of our listeners. Like, I didn't know what to expect on this one. Neither of us knew Todd, but at this point, I want to hang out with Todd. Like, oh, I want yeah. to go eat fried chicken with him and watch basketball, which you'll have to stay tuned to figure out where that comes from. But yeah. he, honestly, he, he was a very genuine and honest guy. Uh, you know, very, you know, took us through his career and, and the, the shifts that took him on this path. Crazy story about how he sold a company to HubSpot early in Crazy, his career, yeah. uh, which is, is just cool given the success that, that company has had. You know, we ended up hitting on, an, on a topic that is so important even to my marketing strategy at Uberflip. I mean, we're very focused on webinars, but we don't really think strategically enough about it, right? We, we just kind of go about it. Uh, and I almost want to do a webinar on webinars now. Because the, you know, I, I just felt like Todd shared so much insight in terms of you know where webinars need to play more strategically into our approach as marketers. Yeah, it's it, uh, webinars are massively overproduced yet under utilized pieces of content, and Todd makes some great cases and has some great tips on how to do that today. So, so let me ask you, what what is your best webinar style that you like to go to, Anna? Like, do you like more the like panel of four people, you know, with not many slides? Or do you like kind of the one that feels like a keynote, but you're in your living room? I am a big fan of some banter back and forth, definitely different voices. As Todd mentioned, there's nothing worse than just hearing one person read a PowerPoint. Um, but yeah, I'm a fan of some humor. It's got to be entertaining. I mean, it's got to it's got to have some value and some entertainment for me. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of, in general, I'm not a big fan of, of panels, right? Like I don't like panels in person. I think yeah. everyone's just trying to like, say their piece and they don't have enough time to do so. And they usually just all agree with each other. I agree when there's banter and disagreement, then it gets fun, but it's so rare to get those, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I love the, the provocative idea or, you know, take me through like a cool case study that, that'll push me to think outside the box. But it, there's so much that we can do with webinars. And, it, and I think, you know, what you'll get from this episode is just some ideas to push your thinking and think about how you interject those, especially into your email campaigns. But you'll tune in from here. You'll listen to it all. Should we roll it? 
yeah, let's roll it. I think you brought Todd in, so let's hear what he had to say. Hey, Todd, thanks so much for joining us. This is going to be a ton of fun on this episode because you've done some really cool studies on email and what that means for B2B marketers. So I want to get to that. But before we get there, maybe you can just, just for everyone's sake, give your path. You know, like what's your story? What's kind of like, you know, up here in Canada, we have TSN. It's like the ESPN equivalent. And they always call it the TSN turning point, right? It's like, what is that moment in your career that, that set you down the path you're in today? Yeah, great question, Randy. And thanks for having me. I uh, have built software companies for 12 years. We built multiple products. We sold one to HubSpot ages ago when they were the little tiny company that no one knew. Then we built another marketing platform. And at the end of that company, I was, it was investor backed. I'm going around to meet with all my investors to say, thank you for being involved. And one guy says, what are you going to do next? Which was to me a very silly question. I was going to build software. And he preempted that strike by saying, Todd, I hope you're not going to go build software because I really don't think that's your best skill, which was like massively offensive to me. (laughs) And instead he said, you really should be doing that crazy sales and marketing stuff you've done. Like I have all these companies we invest in that don't know how to grow, but you've mastered that. Why don't you think about doing a services business? And I was reluctant to do that, Randy, but that was five and a half years ago. And he handed me my first client literally on a platter and said, here, these guys need help. And they're receptive to it. And we've helped grow that company from 4 million to 24 million in revenue without taking any additional investor after this guy. So that gave me a lot of promise. And now we're running Money Path, which is really a consulting firm. We're running those marketing and sales campaigns that help growth and then doing all the nerdy fun stuff on the back end, building systems integration to make companies scale. So that's what I'm doing today. And that's how I got here. Okay. So first of all, that's one of the best TSN turning points I've ever heard. Uh, I love that the guy just told you that your idea is terrible. And yep. you went with it, right? And, and look where you are now. Uh, loving what not, you do. But not just that the idea was terrible. Like literally your entire career path. Yep. That point was Everything terrible. you thought you were, you yeah. are not that good at that. Listen, <laughs> that's now, I, a nice, humble gut check. Like, oh, okay. I'm sure by now you've gotten your liquidity out of selling a business to HubSpot. But if, if you had kept some stock, I mean, you'd be happy. They're, oh, man. Yeah. Their market cap, I think, went from like 1.3 billion to like 5.2 over the last couple of years. Just wild. Yeah, it is wild. And uh, that was, again, they had less than, I think, 40 people when that happened. Wow. So they were a wow. tiny shop and um, we just had a personal connection to them. And they said, we're going to buy this or build it, what do you want to do? And we said, well, we're just messing around. And we had like maybe 10,000 users on this platform and moved on. So yeah. All right, so I'm just curious now, what did the platform do? Yeah. So this is when um, one of the major lead sources that HubSpot's built over the years is their greater.com, their website grader. And we had built okay. a Facebook page grader. And they at the time, now they've consolidated all these, all that big application or several applications into one, but we had built this Facebook grader that lets you authenticate in and we score you and give you tips on what you should do literally with almost no promotion. Like we had 10,000 small businesses do this because everybody's trying to figure out what to do with Facebook at the time. And maybe they still are, but that's how it worked. And so they said, well, you've got a way to attract people 
small businesses, we want to find them and put them on our platform. And so in the greater suite of tools, we were the Facebook piece. Wow, that's very cool. I remember when those campaigns were were rocking it for them. I mean, I was I was sitting on the other side, just like purely jealous. They figured it out. It was like, what could we grade? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's let's dig into to this hot topic that you hit on, which is marketing and sales and how they work together. And and you you've dug into how people use email. I have a first question. Maybe it'll you know, start it off and, and feel free to push back if, if I'm going into uncharted territory. But where I struggle these days is who controls what emails should be sent, right? Is it is it marketing or is it sales? Because, you know, there's all this new tech there, right? Like marketing, you know, whether we're using HubSpot or Marketo or, you know, if you're B2C and you're using something like Exact Target. Uh, you know, we've got the ability to kind of nurture people. But then at the same time, sales reps are using nurture software like the sales lofts and the outreaches, or they're just sending their own emails. Like who's in control in your mind? Sadly, we all are. You nailed it. Like the problem I think we're having is you've got these two separate teams that, again, we're trying in our firm to really focus on how do you marry those two together? We can't be oil and water. We have to work together. And I think it really depends, which is kind of a crappy answer. So I'm sorry, Randy, but I think the answer is really, it depends. Like if you're doing, if you're doing account-based marketing, sales probably has more, you know, use of sales loft and outreach and they're doing heavier email, maybe at the top of the funnel. But I think for most organizations, especially B2B, well, and definitely B2C, the top of the funnel still lands in marketing's right area and probably middle of the funnel should too. And we started this research project because, again, having come from the software world, I was being told I was good at this and our initial clients were happy, but I wanted to know more. And that's kind of my MO is like when I don't know something, go start a research project and find out about it. So I would love, because I'm a massive nerd, to dig into more of this research project. So you analyzed 25,000 B2B emails. Is that correct? Did I get that stat right? That's right. That's How? right. That, that number How? is growing. But yeah, so uh, in a really slow, painstaking way to get started, <laughs> uh, there is so, there's a third party that indexes the top SaaS companies, software as a service. And HubSpot, of course, is on that list. And Exact Target with now Salesforce, of course, is at the very top. But what we did, the exercise I had my team do was let's go opt in to some type of lead magnet or newsletter, whatever we can find on the homepage, not on a landing page, not from an ad. And let's track how do SaaS companies email and follow up and nurture that cold lead? Because my thesis was they are the best content marketers. SaaS companies have to do content. E-commerce doesn't always think that way. But B2B SaaS companies, the great ones know they have to. And I wanted to build a formula that said, what are they doing? And then I'm glad you're a nerd like me because then I got in the weeds and like literally we took screenshots of every page. What's the call to action? What was the color button? How many words on the button? What was the follow-up? Do they send you a thank you page? Like we went to the ends of the earth and immediately my team was saying like, Todd, like this is going to blow up our Google spreadsheet. You can't keep adding 42 columns every time you have a new idea. (laughs) And so we got our engineers involved. We put in a database and they said, Todd, like, this is getting ridiculous, man. Like you want too much. 
And then we went out finally and hired a guy out of San Francisco who leads like the data science meetup for San Francisco. And he knew lots of people. So we got these two phenomenal data scientists to dive into the data, which was not inexpensive, but was crazy awesome to see the outcomes. That is so... I. I love that Excel was pretty much just about to send you an alert message that's just like, seriously, again, another like 42 <laughs> columns. I am curious. I've, I don't think I've ever maxed out Excel, but now I'm curious. I don't think I want to, but still curious. Um, so so at the end of the results, when you analyzed all of these emails, what did you find? Because I'm curious because I, I, I find it interesting on your perspective about, about B2B SaaS being best at content marketing because I feel like they don't think that. Like they very much feel like they're behind the game and they're not doing it right. So I'm curious what you found with all of these 25,000 emails. First of all, I wanted to know what was the intent of the email? What was, and the, the nerds like me on our team would call this content type. What was the content type? But ultimately it meant, what was the intent? Like, what is the sequence? So they hit you with a, go watch a demo, go watch a webinar, read a blog post. And so that was the very first thing. And we started ranking those saying, what's the sequence? And then we had to have humans in the loop to go in and say that the data scientists could not really identify that that well. And so we still literally every week, we spend about eight man hours on this tagging saying, that's a webinar, that's a save the date for an event, and then we chronicle it and add it into the model. So uh, the outcome really in the intent was awesome, was the number one thing they were doing was emailing content. Kind of the HubSpot inbound model, like here's a blog post, check it out, which is pretty smart, I think. If you're at the top of the phone and you're super cold, but the number two email was webinar. It was above ebook. It was above any other lead magnet. It was above newsletter. And that really sent me down a rabbit hole of why is it webinar? Because is the is webinar not the oldest marketing trick that we have in the bag, right? That's played out. We've all been on a sucky webinar probably this week, right? So that was where content type really drove the research to go really down the rabbit hole. Interesting. So I want to talk more about webinars and how everybody's sort of approaching this because this is super, super fascinating. I definitely never would have thought webinars was number two on the list. Um, But we are going to take a super quick break to hear from our sponsors. And then when we come back, Todd, we're going to talk more about these findings um, and some of the ways that we can use webinars in 2019. So everybody stick around. We will be right back with Todd Earwood. Hi, friends. This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, reminding you that this show, the Connect Show podcast, is brought to you by Uberflip, the number one content experience platform. Do you ever wonder how content experience affects your marketing results? Well, you can find out in the first ever content experience report, where Uberflip uncovers eight data science-backed insights to boost your content engagement and your conversions. It's a killer report, and you do not want to miss it. Get your free copy right now at uberflip.com slash connex show report. That's uberflip.com slash connex show report. And the show is also brought to you by our team at Convince and Convert Consulting. If you've got a terrific content marketing program, but you want to take it to the very next level, we can help. Convince and Convert works with the world's most iconic brands to increase the effectiveness of their content marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, and word of mouth marketing. Find us at convinceandconvert.com. Okay, so this episode has been all about leveraging data. You've heard from Todd talk about how data can inform our marketing strategy. So it's more important than ever as we head into 2019 that your marketing strategy has data 
driving your decisions. And that's where ICUC can help you make data-driven decisions throughout the entire year. What it does is it reports on your social media strategic insights to give you deep understanding of your audience, market, and competitors to empower you to develop your marketing strategy to best target, reach, engage, and retain everyone you're after. If you want to get your hands on this, go to icuc.social slash plan2019 to get started. We are back here on the Connect Show. We've got Todd chatting about this amazing report he did, looking at emails, looking at the findings. And I want to get back to webinars. Before we do, I kind of have a tangent question that'll take us there. So so stay with me. What I found interesting about that finding that, that you shared is that I think we've seen a big move these days. I'm wondering if you agree that it used to be that the content was the email, right? Like that's where we loaded in, right? Like we used to send newsletters, right? And the newsletter was in the email, but now it seems more and more. And and I think your webinar example is a good example of this is that we were clicking out to find the content, right? The, The email is really just the delivery mechanism, if you will, but it isn't the content. Do you think that's fair? I do think that's fair. And the findings from the research actually support that because what we found was the common cadence. Cause if you, and again, I'm going to have to get just a little bit nerdy because we got down into like, what's the link to the subject line? What's the mean and median in regards to characters and words? Like how do you capitalize? Do you sentence case? Do you all uppercase like a crazy person? Or do you do, you know, all lowercase like a 13 year old? Like we tracked all those things. And as we got into this, what we found was, People are sending longer emails, but the pattern of the co- the body copy was actually smaller, quicker paragraphs, more calls to action. To your very point, Randy, I want to tease. I want to get the next step, which is to get you out of email into my world. And probably I think an, another reason that's happening, Randy, is that we want to pixel everybody. Right. Like after you, like you can't, it's harder to, and there's probably somebody that's listening is going to say, oh, no, no, Todd and Nemo, you can do this by inserting this crazy thing with Zapier or whatever. But for most of us, like you want to get into our land that we own, right? Out of the inbox where Google and everybody's messing with us. We want to get out of there and get to our land and hopefully pixel you and push you further down the funnel. So I think that's dead right and the data supports it. Yeah. I mean, one, one of the reports I always, or stats that I always go to is this idea that most of us need at least seven pieces of content before we're ready to buy. And, and to your point, because we got to be so short, we can't, we can't hit people with seven findings in that email. So, you know, the best way is to take them out. And it, and it sounds, let's, let's get back to your big finding that the webinars are, are still a big rock, if you will, towards getting someone to click on that first asset. Absolutely. It was, again, the rankings were, Generic blog post type content, inbound content, two was webinar, three was lead magnet, four was newsletter, and then it kind of falls off. But but inbound content and webinar were way above the rest. So again, going down the rabbit hole, I started saying, well, second research project, we need to start looking at what are these webinars they're doing? What are the hooks? What is the motivation is to get people to come in and actually register? And then that, again, once I went down that path, I started figuring out, like, there's a lot of awesome things you can do with webinar. Again, if you think about my firm's focus, we're trying to help marketing and and sales get together and work together. And I realized if you do webinars well and you have 
an int- it's a high intent lead, salespeople don't complain to you and go, hey, this is, I don't care if you call this MQL. I don't care about this. Like The reality is, if you can tell a sales rep, I have a lead that spent 42 minutes with me listening to our educational piece. And oh, by the way, I use Todd's webinar formula to segment their interest. Then that becomes something where sales reps say, yes, please, I'll stop complaining about the quality of our leads. Give me more of those. And that's what made me start going, okay, I need to formalize this. And now we've tested it in 17 different industries, both B2B and B2C. So are we allowed to ask or can you reveal what Todd's webinar formula is? Yeah, I think there's a few key pieces. Number one, Randy, you said it right. Like if the stats say you've got to have seven content touches or seven you know, interactions with the, with the company, what we found was, number one, if you're going to measure the metrics, we all as marketers love metrics and I, I love them as much as anybody. But if we're going to really look at the metrics of a webinar, we've got to get past this registration and attendee only model. It's not just the live event, right? So we don't really measure other, if you think about marketing campaigns, you launch an ebook, you don't get mad on day two if not everybody downloads it. But a webinar, you think, well, it's a hosted event, so that has no value. And the answer there is that's not true. So what we do is we structure the content in a model that the good old company BuzzFeed has programmed us humans to do, which is the listicle model, right? So we have top three X, And typically we do strategically, we try to pick a hook that is about avoiding pain instead of getting gain because that will drive registrations and interest. So humans will all go to the end of the earth to not lose something, right? So we'll do top three mistakes that healthcare CMOs make with paid media, right? And so by having that longer title, which is perfectly fine, we learned, and then saying, I'm going to take that content and there's lots of, you know, content production tricks we have in the bag. But the interesting part is by creating the content in the listicle model, you're going to be able to repurpose that content when you're done with the webinar, export that MP4. You should have five separate videos. I've got clients now who remake that MP4 into a, like a highlight reel, TSN, ESPN style of like, here's the two minute hook of a 45 minute webinar. So I think the magic is you create a webinar once in, in a great way, mm-hmm. highly intense sales leads, and I now have a content factory model where I can repurpose this multiple times. Wow. I, so I, I sorry to jump in, Anna, but like yeah, no. I, I feel like that answer is our two minute excerpt that we're going to use from this. That was yeah. awesome. But go for, go for it now. Yeah. You can- <laughs> no, I was going to say I'm so happy to hear you say that because yeah, it's it, all of this work and all of this time and love goes into creating these webinars, and then we just kind of drop it like an anchor into the bottom of the sea, and we never bring it back up again. But there's so much content potential, so much reuse. There's, you know, designed little quote snippets. There's highlight reels. There's teaser reels. Like there's so much that you could do. You could take excerpts of it and create a podcast, a highlight. You know, it's, there is so much content that comes from webinars. It is just, it is content gold. And I completely agree. People are not taking advantage of it. And it doesn't have to be a one-time event. I loved your analogy of the ebook. Yeah. And we, we don't evaluate other marketing campaigns that way. No. We never do. We and and we think some content pieces we create are intentionally going to have a short shelf life. Right? right. You may have an end of year promo or content strategy where you're helping people plan for next year. I think we're all kind of doing that in some way. That's common, right? And you're not going to have a lot of traffic to that in April. That's fine. But if you do the webinar correctly, yes, you can have it 
in a short-term focused topic, but a lot of times if you do it right, you can have it almost evergreen. But the other key part that I think we're missing is, you know, I'm the son of a minister who's now retired. And whether you go to church or not, you can probably understand the analogy that if you walked into a church and a person greeted you at the door, and then that same person walked in front of the audience and said, welcome today. Let me give you some announcements. And then they asked for your money. Then they prayed for you. Then they gave you a sermon and they asked you to come down forward. Then you greeted you at the door on the way out. Holy cow, that, you'd be so tired of hearing that one person that you would never go back. But that's what we do in marketing for webinars. We have one person and somehow you're supposed to carry the engagement and the interest of the audience. And 99% of people are not going to put their face up on video. So it's a PowerPoint, is there a worse medium than PowerPoint, no face, one person talking? I argue there is not. So what we do <laughs> is we tell our clients, unless Kevin Hart, the comedian, or Adele, the singer, works in your company, only they are allowed to be the only webinar person. In our model, we have a host or MC, and we have a thought leader. And we want to put that thought leader up on the pedestal where they deserve to be. And in our opinion, thought leaders don't come down with us peasants and tell us about, you know, our bios. We don't read our own bios, right? We don't say, here's the housekeeping of a webinar. So that's another key part as marketers we're just missing today. Nice. I love that. So the other thing that you've done with webinars is you just couldn't stay away from building, could you? You went and you built this amazing tool. And I'd love to just mention it real quick. Um, just so people know that there's some resources out there on how to get started. Yeah, I, there, there's two things we built. One is, Randy, you, you said it earlier, like, I can't stop building graders. Like, I've built bunches of graders. I love graders. I love yeah. them. They're amazing. So we built another grader. So it lets you quickly say, if you like webinars, or you've done them or you haven't done them, it doesn't matter. Go check out the grader and it'll tell you a score and give you tips. I think as marketers, we all want shortcuts. It gives you shortcut tips of how to go create these with less pain and better outcomes. But the other tool I think, Anna, that you're talking about is we've built a web form tool. It's as simple as like filling out a web form using our different playbooks and outspits the PowerPoint. As marketers, frankly, I'm giving it up to you. You should be able to style it at that point. But if I just hand you the strategy in a two to three person host, you know, thought leader model, the tool spits it out. So I want to reduce that issue that, mar that marketers have of creating all the content and saying, here's a playbook, run the play, and outspits the PowerPoint, and you're ready to go. Nice. Love it. Well, Todd, thank you so much. I've had a ton of fun. We've had a ton of fun talking to you. Just in case, um, let's go ahead. Uh, where can people get a hold of you? Because I'm sure people are going to have a ton of questions for you about webinars and all this great email stuff. So how can people get a hold of you? How can they find you? Sure. Uh, you can find me at webinarworks.co.co webinarworksplural.co. And I've got a page for you guys, for your listeners with these webinar graders and tools, you can go check out at webinarworks.co slash content experience show. Look at that. That is fantastic. Awesome. Todd, thank you so much. It was so wonderful having you on. Before we go though, we want to get to know a little bit more about the personal side of you. Now that we got to know all about the professional side, so stick around for just a few more minutes and we are going to ask you some fun questions. Everybody stick around and we're going to get to know more about Todd Earwood. Thank you. 
All right, Todd. So this is the fun part. Uh, we've gotten all the webinar knowledge we can get from you, but now we, we kind of get to know the personal side. And, and what I did is I put together, you know, some lightning round questions here. Uh, we're going to hit you quick. I got, you know, five or six. We'll see where they go. And, and we'll also like, we'll get some of your personal preferences too, as, as we're going into this, uh, which will kind of take us from the professional to the work. Okay. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So your personal preference to listen to webinars or podcasts, no pressure, no pressure. Ah, no podcasts. Like uh, I, I, I love webinars as a marketing strategy, but dude, podcasts are my ears every day. All right. All right. So next one, favorite webinar software. Software. Uh, it's go to webinar. Okay. Nice. The classic. Zoom is the classic. number two, but go to webinar is number one. Hey. All right, cool. All right, now we're going to get a little bit more personal. So you're 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 from Louisville, Kentucky, from what I know. Bourbon or fried chicken? <laughs> fried chicken. It's like heresy here to say that, but it's not. It's actually uh, all my friends can drink all the bourbon. But all right, dude, that's okay. No judgment. Okay, and then we got to finish off that question with ice cream or pie. Dude, ice cream every day. That's not even a discussion. I don't understand right. the question. Almost <laughs> nice. All right, so sticking. To the region you're in, I mean, there, there's a lot of fan for for both basketball and football, like college wise, right? Mm-hmm. So where do, where do you lean, basketball or football? It, it's again, it's almost like ice cream and pie. I love sports, man. I love all sports, uh, even your hockey. But I <laughs> am hardcore college basketball to a factor that I can't even evaluate. It's so much more basketball than football. Amazing. Well, we, we will cheer for your team. Let us know who your team is. I, I imagine, but I'm not going to presume. It's Louisville Cardinals. Like I, I'm, I live in Louisville. I was born in Louisville and came back here after college to work professionally. So I am hardcore Louisville Cardinals fans. Well, listen, I, I'm glad, I'm glad no one's been able to veer you off that passion as they did your, your, your <laughs> passion for building tech, but it sounds like you found your way. Todd, this was a, a ton of fun on behalf of Anna and myself. Thanks to everyone for tuning into this episode. If you've enjoyed this one, check out all of our other episodes. You can find them on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify. We're everywhere. And when you can, leave us feedback and let us know what you're enjoying. Until next time, thanks to everyone for tuning in. And thanks to Todd Irwin. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.